Hey, what's going on? Welcome to today's episode of Juice and the Numbers. I am your host, Joshua Tracy. Uh, I am Corwin Heller, but I just want to point out that you said what's going on, and I feel like I've never heard you say that on here before, and it kind of threw me off. So Honestly, I threw myself off because I don't usually <laughs> say that either, and uh, I had to like <laughs> reel it in and be like, oh, fuck, what do we say next? And then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then I jump back into what we usually do. It's one of those things where it's like you're just on autopilot and then you realize that autopilot like fucked up for a hot second and you have to like yep. course correct and you're like, oh no, where am I? Out of this place isn't familiar. <laughs> yeah. So true. So, so what are we doing today? Fuck it. Uh, so we thought we would try to make use of the advanced stats as well as uh, the I guess more standard statistics that are offered for the NFL via Pro Football Reference. We've talked about wanting to use them for a while, and now that we have a few weeks of data since um, Week Five is concluded, so every team has played uh, almost every team has played five games. A few teams have only played four games due to bye weeks. So now that we have like a suitable amount, we can look at and try to see which teams are perhaps underperforming or overperforming their production thus far into the season i know where the steelers probably are wow mel i know where the jets are and it made me real (laughs) sad and uh (laughs) thank god for the yankees (laughs) right thank god for the pie oh fuck oh the the penguins are around uh yeah i mean they're a team we're like three games into the season, so it's not saying much. But Yo, before we get into it, because this yep. drove me crazy. So the Rangers have played two games so far. Yep. We played on, I think, Wednesday of last week, and then Saturday. And then we don't play again until, like, next Saturday. And it's not our bye week. They yeah. just didn't give us games for, like, a week. But Mike is a Benajet. But Mike is a Benajet's fucking... Booty blast in the league right now. We're we're two weeks into the into the season, and he still leads the league in points, and he's played two games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking back at last year's trade between us, where I sent you Zabenajad for Matt Barzal, and looking at Barzal's numbers this year, and it's not the same. God, I love Mika Capocacco. Anyway, this is not the hockey podcast. This is no. this is the football edition of the podcast. Although, if Mika keeps doing really cool shit, we might have to have the hockey edition come back. <laughs> Uh, so let's uh, let's let's jump on into this colossal spreadsheet, which actually ended up being bigger than it needed to be because I didn't use about a third of this. Uh, and let's start just in total offense, the first tab, the normal shit, the shit we're used to seeing. And um, shall we just sort by yards as what tends to be the um, when you see like best off, like number one offense, they usually. We'll go by yards for that, and then some of the nicer places will like factor in scoring and such. But yards is usually a good line of just sheer offensive production. How much are you moving the ball? Yikes. So, by that measure, the Dallas Cowboys currently lead this list. They have 2,264 yards, followed by the Kansas City Chiefs at 2,223, the Baltimore Ravens at 2,207, and then the Rams and Jaguars round out our top five. At the bottom of this list is the Jets. We're real bad. We have 718 yards total all together the whole season. 
Uh, second worst, the Miami Dolphins at 900. It's been rough in the uh, <laughs> AFC East. It has not been pretty at all. At least the Jets, though, can say we're missing our starting quarterback and our backup quarterback. And you're playing with like a, what was Falk, like a seventh round? Or no, he was a sixth round rookie last year. This year. Last year was his rookie year, I think. One of those years. Doesn't matter. He was a taxi he squad. was last year, though. Because um, Gurman yeah, Minshew took over for Falk at Washington State. Yeah, that's right. Um, whereas Miami seemingly just wanted to be like this. Yeah, so. right. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so this this seems ab- about right. Uh, the Bears are a lot lower than I thought they would be. It really goes to show, I guess, how much the defense has been carrying them. Um, Please stop there. What? Please stop there. Don't go any farther up this list. Okay. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> the Steelers. Yep. Sorry, pal. Um, the Broncos are surprisingly high up on this list, given the fact that I thought they were doing a lot worse. But uh, yeah, this same. list by itself isn't going to tell us what we're looking for because all this list is just you know yards and we want more yes can we actually look at yards per play before we move on right next to it uh yeah sure so by that measure is still the cowboys at 7.2 uh the kansas city chiefs at 7.1 jacksonville jaguars 6.3 also tied with the niners at 6.3 and then a tie between the texans and vikings at 6.2 that's some good stuff right there. The Jets, Dolphins, Bears are still the bottom three at 3.2, 4, and 4.5, respectively. The only three teams below five yards per play. Yeah, the Steelers jump up a little bit, and it's because they've only run 270 plays so far, which is the least in the league, which is weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means at all but it helps the Steelers so I'm going to live and buy the live and die by this statistic now. Uh you might as well if there's anything to live <laughs> and die by that seems like a good one. Listen, if we're living and dying, I am just straight up dying. All right, so I they, they then have like all like they have like all the passing stats and all like the total touchdown stuff and all the rushing stats and the penalty yards and blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, I highlighted two columns here. Passing touchdown percent and rushing touchdown percent. So just out of, um, I had to get a little bit uh, creative with it because it doesn't have in this spreadsheet total number of touchdowns. So what I did was I took the um, total number of passing touchdowns and then thus rushing touchdowns individually, uh, multiplied that by six, and then divided that by total points. Um, or sure. uh, points four, I think is what they, the, yeah, PF is what they officially called. So of the um who's up at the top of this dallas cowboys of of the dallas cowboys um 131.4 just about uh close enough for rounding purposes 50 percent of them have come off of passing 20 percent of them have come off of rushing uh so looking through let's look at passing first let's let's just before i ask you the question i was going to ask let's just see who's got the most from passing uh the atlanta falcons 65%. Uh, Then the Washington Redskins at 58%. The Detroit Lions, 56 The Seattle Seahawks, 54 Tied with Jacksonville, also at 54 And I'm really, I really can't wait to share with you this one thing I saw. Uh, Let's start by rushing touchdown percent. The highest, the highest it goes is 43%. I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, The Minnesota Vikings, 
Then the Green Bay Packers, who have never been known to have their running back core, at 40% tied with the Buffalo Bills. The Cleveland Browns at 39%, and the Carolina Panthers at 37%. Now, Corwin... How did did you calculate this first? Real real quick, real quick. I think I know what you're going to say, but yes, go ahead. Who do you think is on the bottom of this list? Um... If I was going before I looked at the bottom of the list, which I'm prone to do, um, as far as dead last and rushing, as far as scoring, I probably would say like Cincinnati maybe. But you already looked? Yeah, I did already look, but it is the Miami Dolphins. They have zero rushing touchdowns yeah. four games into the season. <laughs> I yeah, don't know that's really that. not good. Isn't that amazing? Like, Kenyon Drake is good enough where like he'll fuck up and still get one. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you don't even have to earn some rushing touchdowns. Some of them are because like some dudes fell down and like someone was yeah. close enough. Like, fucking fucking Danny Dimes got one because no one covered him in Tampa. Like they were playing Tampa. He was trying to he was trying to pass, and there was just no one to block. So he just like kind of waltzed in. Like weird, stupid shit. And they haven't got one. It's nuts. I couldn't. I genuinely couldn't believe it. Uh, do you think that, like, how hard do you think regression is going to come for the Miami Dolphins? Do you think Kenyon Drake is going to be able to succeed this season because he's pretty much the only option there outside of Preston Williams on offense? Or do you think that it's just going to be a black hole of despair for the rest of the season? Black hole of despair. I vote for it as my prediction, and I root for it as a dissenting fan as a josh rosen fanboy uh it struggles it's a struggle to watch that team but uh, at the same time it's the dolphins so i don't really care too much yeah fuck them what were you going to ask me before i asked you about the bottom of this list how did you calculate like what are the percentages showing what percent of the total points that this team has scored have come from okay rushing touchdown total points i was I thought initially it was total touchdowns, and I was like, "I it's know not, I am I not dumb this, enough you to clearly tune yeah. me out." You, you know what? I, you know what I was doing? I was looking at the bottom of that rushing touchdown percentage <laughs> list. I was going to say it's a lot of spreadsheet. I bet you're just goofing around. Yeah, because they don't have total touchdowns like, like for everything put together. Because I guess then you have to include like defense and special team one, team ones, and they don't right, want right, to do right. that. So what they have is points for. So it's um it's that. Well, for all of our listeners, now you know what it was twice. <laughs> so, there we go. Helping yeah. out. There you go. Uh, so, I was thinking about this after I had, had done it because, so, Dallas, for instance, um, just, oh, sorry, Atlanta, sorry, they're at the top of my list now. Atlanta, they have 65% mm-hmm. of their total points coming off of touch, passing touchdowns and only 12% coming off of rushing touchdowns. Yes. What do you make of this just as a concept thus far? Do you care? Um, do you do you take anything from it? What do you think? Well, here's the thing. They have Matt Ryan at quarterback with a great three set or a great three wide receiver set with uh Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Mohamed Sanu. And their running backs are just uh, Devonta Freeman, that's just a shell of his former self. He just doesn't, he's shown bursts of what the original, you know, what we know Devonta Freeman as, but it's just, he's not the same. And 
outside of that, they have what, like Ito Smith. So the fact that they just are so heavily favored in the passing game compared to the rushing game, I really would just chalk it up to that for now. I mean, Julio's been catching touchdowns again, so that's probably part of it. Yeah. So do you think that there should be like, is there a ratio in your mind that would say that's successful? Because so what I was thinking, just to just to add more words into the question I've already asked you, <laughs> is um, <laughs> so like, if you looked at a team that was eighty percent passing touchdowns and five percent rushing touchdowns versus a team that was fifty fifty, like, would you f- take value in the fact that one of those teams is fifty fifty? Like, they're very balanced. Obviously, it's unrealistic, but like, they're very. Mm-hmm balanced and are clearly proficient at both or would you say wow this team's one team a is really fucking good at passing let's assume you know records are the same or whatever the fuck you, you need um as long as they're doing what works it doesn't matter um basically i would look at it and say all right is there a reason why they're so heavily favored one versus the other like last year if you told me that the giants had like 65 percent of their touchdown or points coming from rushing touchdowns i'd be like all right if eli manning who's basically a heart attack away from being out of the league and they have saquon barkley all right it's favored very heavily one way versus the other and then maybe i'd look at it and say all right it's heavily favored one way versus the other are they still scoring touchdowns though because if they're still being efficient if they're still scoring a lot of points it doesn't matter because clearly they're being effective with how they do it and it's successful but if they're one-sided and they're not scoring anything, then that's when it becomes a serious problem. So let's take a look then at uh, points mm. four, and let's sort that largest to smallest, and then we can see what the top teams in the NFL thus far have, in, in terms of this category, have been doing uh, in terms of their mixing of methods of scoring. So the number Dope. one team for points four thus far this season is the Baltimore Ravens. Where they've uh, scored 161 points. 45% of that has been from passing touchdowns, and 26% of it has been rushing touchdowns. Second is the New England Patriots, 39% passing, 23% rushing. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, 45% passing, 20% rushing. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 45% passing, 16% rushing. And we'll cap it off here at the Rams, 29% passing, 33% rushing. So they're kind of the odd bird out there. Uh, but it seems by and large that a two to one ratio is kind of what you're looking for in terms of what we've seen thus far. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you look at all of them, the, most of them kind of are self-explanatory. If you look into it and you think, all right, what kind of players does this team have? Uh, the Ravens are probably the most surprising just because Lamar Jackson hasn't decided he's going to run a lot this season. So that's why he's passing so much and it's a higher passing number the patriots they've always been somewhat balanced but they still have tom brady there um the chiefs pat mahomes is going to be throwing the ball so why would you try and run it solely in the red zone whatever it may be the bucks have Jameis winston and barely have any running backs at all and then the rams you know are favored for running because they have Todd Gurley, they have Malcolm Brown, and Jared Goff has been doing quite poorly this year. So, um, you know, is what it is. 
I definitely think this is this is just real quick before I move on. Um, yeah. just because I noticed three teams have not thrown interceptions thus far this year. Can you name mm-hmm. them? Uh, without looking at without the looking. list, um, man, without throwing an interception this year, uh, I would have said Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, but I won't because I know he has. Yeah, he has five, um, or at least the Ravens have five. Kansas City. Kansas City is one of them. Um, who else hasn't thrown an interception? I want to. F- I feel like Tom has Tom Brady. Uh, um, Tom Brady. I'm not. Sh- uh, there's three there, so he probably threw one. Yeah, I know the Jets got one off of their backup QB, so that's one of the three. But we'll say uh, Tom has. Russell hasn't. I know that from fantasy, so I'll say Seahawks. Seahawks are the other one. So there's okay. one team left. Uh. Who hasn't thrown an interception? Um, let's just go out on a limb here and say fucking, I don't know. I can't even pull something out of my ass. Uh, Cleveland. Fuck. I know that's not true. Yeah, they've done a lot on Monday. that last night. Tennessee. What? Yeah. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Marcus Mariota, are you are you finally working out? Did that uh, one draft class with Winston and Mariota finally work out like five years later? Uh, seeing as Tampa has thrown five, oh, they're scoring a lot of points. So yeah, I mean, Jameis is throwing the ball super well. Yeah, figured it out to a degree. I I, Bruce Arians has figured it out. Who knows? Oh yeah, yeah. It, but what's happening in the state of Florida at all times is an enigma. Um, Very anyway, true. let's scroll down here wow, because Matt there's Ryan's graphs. Seven interceptions. Oh, perfect. There's graphs. You know how we like graphs here. It's true. We do like graphs. It's been a while since we've done it. So the first graph we have is NFL total yards breakdown. So you can, you'll see um, this might not be anything worth discussing for long, but I figured I have the numbers, so why not? Just a breakdown as a um, in blue, we have all of the team's passing yards, which, as you can see, for damn near every team is the majority. On top of that, in orange is the team's rushing yards. And on top of that is the team's penalty yards, just as a nice little breakdown of who, uh, where all of everyone's yards are coming from. Uh, do you see anything? I, I think the only thing I see that's really of interest is the Niners column. Outside of that, I think everything else is just kind of whatever. Uh, where's the Niners column? Here we go. Um, what's weird about the Niners? Uh, it, because it, they have apparently, I'll do some really quick math here. Uh, they have 909 passing yards and then 800 plus 200 and then over a thousand, like 1,067 penalty plus rushing yards. Hmm. So less than half of their total yards are coming from passing. Which I think, just at a glance, they are the only team to do that. Um, I mean, just looking at it, I'm not really counting penalty yards when I look at these ratios, just because it's like negligible. Like it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it looks the Vikings are also like that too. Yeah, just looking at well, that explains itself very well this year. I think the 49ers are fine. I think Minnesota is much worse off just by the eye test. They look awful trying to pass the ball i don't um, know what you mean <laughs> the steelers graph looks absolutely abysmal to me especially since we're on our third string quarterback just absolutely no ability to run the ball 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. I don't. I don't want to discuss the Jets graph. So let's scroll yeah. down to the other graph that's here because there's Ooh. two. Uh, total points. This one's kind of a mess. Uh, again, we're just having a little bit of fun with the numbers because why not? So there is a two axes for this. There's two um, Y axes for this on the left um, is a measure for points force instead of a much higher scale. And then on the right is for total number of passing touchdowns versus rushing touchdowns just to show where teams have gotten their touchdowns from. We already basically did this with percent, but I thought a visual representation might not be out of the question. As you can see, the Carolina Panthers have more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns, which if you've been following the news, um, shouldn't be a shock because of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are also in that boat, which I think is fucking bizarre, given that, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Um, the Rams are also in that boat, which Corbin mentioned the struggles of uh, Jared Goff, but like still... Minnesota is in that boat because of Kirk Cousins. Who else? Uh, and the oh, the uh, Browns and Bills as well, which I have nothing to say about actually. Nothing. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's it's a weird chart. I don't like that it's solid lines because there's no correlation between the levels between any of them. So I just it was honestly it just the cleanest plot. way for me to do it. I yeah, know, like I, I, I just change it over to scatter, and it's just difficult to look at. So yeah, there's I will sadly say that this is a no win situation here. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's a fun chart. I really enjoy looking at these, and I really wish I looked at them before we started today, so that you know I could have broken these down a little bit. Not even broken them down, just like had more time to look at them. Can you believe really that well the done. Jets and Dolphins combined have four offensive touchdowns this year? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, because the Jets have one passing touchdown and one rushing touchdown, and the Dolphins have two passing touchdowns and zero rushing uh, touchdowns. Jesus Those two teams Christ. combined have four touchdowns this year, have which they played combined each other? is still the fewest touchdowns in the league. Have they played each other yet? No. When's that? For, when's the first game for that? Does it even matter? <laughs> yes, because I want to watch it. Um, I our, genuinely November third. Okay, yeah. I know our <laughs> right after the Steelers play is against not the Patriots. Who's before the Patriots? The Redskins. Oh, Dallas. We play Dallas first. Yeah, we play Dallas this Sunday, and then the Patriots next Monday. So. Oh, I'm looking at the fucking Dolphins schedule. So I was like, Josh, what are you looking at? You're playing the Redskins this week. No, the Dolphins are playing the Redskins this week. I just don't know how to read. Yeah, we had to. We were doing this like thing at work. You know, it's like a you know, a pick 'em pool, and mm-hmm. I got to that matchup: Redskins, Dolphins. And I'm like, Jesus, who wants it less? Like, I don't yeah, know. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I would just say the Redskins because no, I would say the Dolphins because if they go 0 and 16 this year, that would be too cruel for them so this will be their one win i think i picked the redskins but i don't think it really matters at the end no, of the it day doesn't. Uh, watch as that game ends in a fucking tie <laughs> oh. Oh. all right uh, yeah how disgusting is that taste let's go over to team advanced passing so uh Dope. 
luckily for us, because I, I, as you'll see, there's um, advanced passing tab as well. That's by player. Uh, so, so fortunately for us, Pro Football Reference has actually added more stuff. They've added aggregated stats as it for for team purposes for the advanced categories, which makes this much easier because there's a lot of teams that have had multiple players at quarterback, not even counting the fact that they're going to have obviously multiple players at running back and wide receiver for the rushing and receiving stats. So this makes our lives infinitely easier. So I highlighted two columns here that, again, I put together myself just, um, again, to talk about efficiency and to uh, just kind of look at where things are coming from. Because, again, the goal for this is to see if anyone's underperforming or overperforming, and I want to kind of get a feel for what that might be. So Mm -hmm. I thought air yards is something I've been fascinated with since we started talking about this, and I wanted to know what percent of a team's yards are coming strictly in the air. So I'll call that talent, right? Because the wide receiver had to get open, the quarterback had to make the throw. Yards after completion, which we can talk about in a second, I'll call noise. Because there's a lot that can happen after a receiver catches the ball. It could be blown coverage, so there's no one there. It could be a bad tackle on the part of the defensive back who should have been there and just fucked it up. It could be a great play by the wide receiver. A lot of stuff can happen after the catch. But I think, in general, air yards is a good measure of just a well-executed play. What do you think about that? I mean... Granted, there are, of course, caveats to it. Yeah, I mean, if we're just looking at how we can use these numbers, that's a pretty fair synopsis, you know? Right. Again, obviously, there are caveats to this, like, seem-and-go routes, like you're supposed to Mm -hmm. have enough separation to get down the line without being touched. Like, I I get it. But in general... So let's sort by largest and smallest for air yards and see who's coming up on top. Air yards or air yards percentage? I'm oh, sorry, air yard percent. My bad. Thank you. And with a cool 69%. Nice. nice. Uh, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Shockingly. The listen to this top board. five. Tampa Bay, 69%. 68% the Eagles. Then the Lions and Seahawks are tied for third with 67%. And then in fifth place, the Miami Dolphins at 66%. And a boy, Josh Rosen. Ain't that some shit. It should also be worth mentioning that as a total number of air yards, the Miami Dolphins have the least out of the top five um, by about 300, which is a lot. Um, They have almost half of the total air yards of Seattle. I was going to say, well, it looks like they have the least out of everyone, but there's two teams. All right, let me guess. I'm going to guess the Jets. Right, the Jets, yeah, yeah, and the other team. Um, we've talked about Redskins. this exact situation about the lack of air yards in this certain offense on the podcast twice. It's gotta be the Steelers, then, yeah, it's, it's yeah. the Steelers, it's fucking awful. Wow, the Steelers are below. Oh, but the Jets have a lot fewer air yards. God, I hate watching Luke Falk, <laughs> so He's not dumb. good at quarterback. He's one of those guys who could be a probably a could be an offensive coordinator someday. I was going to say he'll be a good offensive coordinator someday, but I'm not going to give him that much credit yet. Um, he just shouldn't be in the NFL starting games. Yeah, yeah, it's not pretty. Yeah, 
So well, what do you think about this top five? This is a weird top five. It's, it's interesting, to say the least. Uh, the Buccaneers, I knew they were going to be number one. The Eagles, I'm very much surprised by. The Lions, I mean, I kind of figured the Lions would be up there. Same with the Seahawks. Miami, I, I guess it's the only way for them to get yards is just by chucking it downfield. Like, they're so ineffective everywhere else that they have to have big plays if they're ever going to get any yardage. Like, it makes sense in my head. Um, yeah, that's just, that's a rough time. Because I was looking at some of the other categories we have here, like drops and bad throw percentage, and the Dolphins very much lead both those categories. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I, I, they are an enigma. Well, it could also be because, so look at this. If you go over to yards after completion, the Dolphins have 235 of those, which, um, is, I think, just by eyeballing it, because I don't feel like resorting by far the fewest. So this could end up just coming down to talent, which is one thing I was about to bring up. Um, because as I, I, I can convince myself of almost anything. Because of I'm course. one, I'm okay at talking and I'm indecisive. So um, I'm wondering if the Dolphins are just here because their receivers just don't know what to do after the catch or like they don't have the skill to do it, you know, like or like don't they have don't have any separation. So they're just getting mugged every time they catch a ball. Right. Like um maybe oh this is passing stats this isn't receiving stats i'm gonna hop over to the advanced receiving stats real quick because i just want to look at broken tackles um and miami miami dolphins have the have tied for having the fewest broken tackles as a receiving core with two two gross like i'm actually gonna jump over and see what their passing charts look like um yeah so honestly i'm willing to bet that's probably why they end up breaking so high here is just because the receivers aren't shit and they, they can't get out. So what I've been looking for also as I've been going through this is I've been trying to find if there's like pockets somewhere where the teams that you think of as being good are all kind of grouped together, right? Like I have a stretch here where it's uh, uh, Falcons, Texans, Bills, Pats, and Jags who have all been decent passing teams this year. Right, but then that's sandwiched in between the Panthers, which kind of haven't really been a passing team this year, and the Bears, which haven't been a passing team much this year either. So I, I, I'm trying to see if there's if there's some kind of way to use this to make you say, well, that's this is the line of demarcation between our wide receivers can't do anything because they don't have the talent. And at the bottom of this list, which is the Steelers, Jets, Colts, and Raiders, which is just our quarterbacks haven't been talented enough to, or wide receivers haven't been talented enough to get set up for success in the first place. Because the Steelers are playing their backup quarterback. The Jets are playing mm-hmm. their backup quarterback. Jacoby Brissett is a viable starter, but as of right now, he is technically, I guess, a backup QB since Luck retired, though I'll you know, you can fight me on that and I won't care. Um, <laughs> Derek Carr as, doesn't have a great receivers core. Um, and for, for the fifth worst team here is Minnesota, and obviously Kirk Cousins has been having a torrid year. So I, I, I'm going to say somewhere in the middle of this is where you want it to have a balance between uh, scheme and skill. But yeah. what, how does that sound to you? 
it's just it's another one of those stats that we always seem to run into where it's like this tells a little piece of the puzzle but it's not telling up telling us enough without all these other puzzle pieces that we need so we don't even know what the picture is that we're looking at we can guess but it's just not clear enough by itself to really know it's it's annoying i want to be able to look at any one stat and be like good bad but that's just not the way it is so if I go over to um, our first tab, I'm, I'm just going to kind of flip flop, fl- um, move around here a little bit. Total uh, offense. I'm looking at past past touchdown percent, right? So the top yep. five again here. We went over the Falcons, Skins, Lions, Hawks, and Jags. All right, none. No, I'm sorry. Of those teams, only the Lions and Seahawks make the top five in air yard percent, right? Mm-hmm. So, do you think that? That do you think that that shows that the teams are overperforming, underperforming, or not enough information? Their their passing oh, game. Man, uh, it's hard to say. Like I know the whole point of this episode is to find a way to answer that question, but um, if we're talking about the air yard percentage uh i would say that's a little bit of overperforming. if i had to pick one i would actually kind of say the same yeah i think you're probably because if you take out the lions and the seahawks what's the combined record of this top five because the um, bucks are a bad team the Dolphins, I, I don't think we need to shit Bucks on more. Actually, I think the Bucks actually have a pretty decent record so far this year. You know what? I said it, and then I was like, I don't actually know what the <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of are the Bucks, you know? It says they're third in the AFC South, but they're not actually giving me a record. Hold the on. The Bucks should be in the NFC South. Uh, they are two and three. Have we gone over the fact that I can't read? So the Bucks are two and three. The Eagles are, are top of that division of three and two. That's shocking. So we have, but 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 between those two, it's a 500 record, and then you add in the Dolphins, 0 and 4, or 0 and 5 for the Dolphins, 0 and 4, 0 and 4. Then that the collective of those three remaining teams are all, uh, that collective record is four games under 500, which Not isn't great. great. So I would also, I guess, say that the Seahawks' passing attack is probably overperforming as is the lions the lions i think is an easier sell to say that they're overperforming literally anywhere um, <laughs> just based on every year history. yeah, yeah literally. every year um the seahawks is probably a tougher sell but at the same time with just how godly of a game that russell wilson's been playing oh, yeah. if you told me that he played good but not this level for the rest of the year which therefore by definition, requires some level of regression, even if it's small, that would then qualify as overperforming. So I, I could be convinced of that too. Yeah. I mean, like if you told me to start the season that by week five, Russell Wilson or the Seahawks would have twice as many passing touchdowns as rushing touchdowns, I would call you absolutely crazy and say that's a terrible prediction. But here we are. Yeah. And I would say that by personnel, the, the Jets, Steelers, the Jets and Steelers for sure are, are are certainly underperforming their um potential again due to the fact that they're missing personnel. But that's because you know, if like if, if Big Ben came back next week, much as Sam Darnold is going to, both of those teams are, are over the course of the next few weeks after that, they would perform much better because their team is now 
at the level of personnel that they should be. So they are underperforming. Um, or, uh, but that's, you know, because they're missing people. So that one's kind of, that one's kind of easy. Right. All right. I, mean, I would love it. Uh, I would love if big Ben would come back next week. I lost Sam Darnold. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, now big Ben's free to enlarge his spleen as much as he wants. Yeah. I'm basically in the state of just jerking off Minka Fitzpatrick to the point where I hope I forget that we traded a probable top five pick for him. So now it's one of those things you hear analysts talk about. It's like, well, you would have spent a top five pick on him. So, you know, that conversation that everyone had when uh, John Gruden traded Khalil Mack for a first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that trade in itself is one thing. This trade, it's just, I don't know anymore. Like, I, I have so many thoughts I still have on it. And my thoughts are getting much more blurred the more that we lose. Like, I know we shouldn't be a one in four team. We're better than that. I also know that there's only so many games left to rebound. So it's just kind of like, all right. I don't want to spend a top 10 pick on Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, two years after he got drafted, whatever it may be. But at the same time, he's still a great player helping. Uh, we can skip it. I, all right. All right. Um, real quick. Did, did you happen to look by a look at drop percent? I did. Did you see of Miami? I, yep. They are very high up there. Yeah. 8.1%, which leads the league. That's so fucking nuts. Fucking insane. Ah, uh, wow. I am just shocked. Um, second is the Tennessee Titans at 7.1, um, which is makes the fact they haven't thrown a pick so much weirder. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of shit interceptions are those shit interceptions where the ball bounces off the receiver's hand and like has three seconds of airtime and a DB gets there. Like, nuts. Oh, I can't believe it. So weird. Um, then it's the Steelers at 6.5, the Cowboys at 6.4, and the Bills Honestly, at 6.1. You could just say Dante Moncrief is at number three, and he still would be mostly <laughs> fucking, correct. Fucking true. Hasn't Dante. played in two weeks. Yeah, he was legit like the sole reason the Steelers led that led this list for like a week or two. Yeah. He's that a guaranteed cut by week 10, by the way. I hope everyone knows that still. Because would the you Steelers- rather the satisfaction of him being cut or trading him for a seventh round pick? Oh, the, I'd rather take the third round pick and cutting him. Would you get a third round pick for it? Yeah, we would get a third round compensation. Yeah, c- compensatory pick. Wow, I didn't realize that. Okay, shit. So uh, we don't need to go into details on that because it's very boring and no one will care. Uh, so let's think of drop percent as additional noise. And let's say that a high drop uh, percent means that you're probably... Uh, oh, I know it's a talent thing, which is why it's getting a bit muddy. I'm doing this kind of on the fly because I haven't thought about it. But yeah. I was I was just curious. So let's think of drop percent as, um, just for the sake of argument, un, 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 a set of underperforming. So, okay. like, in theory, again, not based on reality, the Dolphins, with their 8.1 drop percent, they should probably be performing better in their other stats but they're being held back by drop percent, which makes sense. Very much so. But I'm looking at these top five teams, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that that would work that way. 
I think dropper sent just has to be about personnel, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, because all of these teams up here don't have the world's greatest wide receivers. Right. Like the Titans have Corey Davis, who's been a disappointment, and AJ Brown. The Dolphins have Devontae Parker, who is a major bust, and Preston Williams, who's an undrafted rookie. Steelers are a shell of juju and bunch of dudes that don't matter cowboys have Gallup and cooper but that's really it and then the bills basically have are better off if there was just a bunch of dildos on the field hoping that the ball would hit one of the suction cups and it would count as a catch (laughs) (laughs) and they traded zay jones today uh it didn't make any sense it's their biggest right I was so confused. They have negative three wide receivers, and they're trading away arguably one of their best ones, who's very much arguably because he hasn't really performed, but still. A, a, a warm body to catch the ball who can run kind of fast. Like, Yeah. You're fucking weird, man. I mean, they're down to John Brown, Cole Beasley, and Robert Foster, and then people I've never heard of. As well, you shouldn't have. Uh, all right. All right. Let's go over to advanced rushing. Okay. Uh, there's only one highlighted column here it's yards after contact percent. So we went over yards before contact and yards after contact previously. Uh, yards before contact is exactly how it sounds. Uh, the r- rushing back, rushing back, the running back gets <laughs> the ball. And how many yards does he get before someone touches him? And then. Yards after contact, how many yards does he get after somebody touched? So I only did yards after contact percent because I'm not sure how much I care about yards <laughs> before contact, right? I care if back. we're looking at offensive line, but if we're looking at running backs, it's negligible. Right. So let's take a look at largest to smallest, who is doing the best for yards after contact by the percent. And it is the Tennessee Titans. You want to sort the other way, I think. Or I get now. I guess you you would be right if we're looking at the skill of the running. But yeah, you're never going to be looking at it both ways. Yeah, you really could look at it from two different ways to look at two different things. And we're going to. Uh, The Jacksonville Jaguars is sixty five percent. The Pittsburgh Steelers sixty two percent. Detroit Lions sixty percent, tied with the Seattle Seahawks at sixty percent. And just because we already brought it up, let's look at the bottom of this list. And we have the Chicago Bears at 29%. Bears. The uh, New England Patriots, 30%. The Niners, 30%. The Browns, 31%. And the New York Giants, 34% of their yards coming after contact. It's really funny how teams that, through reputation, typically have good running, like, running backs and a good rushing offense are on the two bookends of this. You have the Bears, you have the 49ers, you have the Patriots, and then you have the Titans, the Jaguars, the Steelers, the Seahawks on the other end. So, where do you stand on uh, a team being on the high end of this list versus the low end? Um, Basically, what it's saying is you're so, like, if you have a very high percentage of yards after contact, it's basically you, your running backs are getting hit 
either very early and just all of their yards are after contact because they don't have a choice or their guys, you know, like we see here, we have Derrick Henry, we have Leonard Fournette, we have James Conner, uh, Chris Carson, bigger backs that are able to just run guys over and are getting good yards, but it also happens to be right after they bulldoze somebody. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I'm going to start with that because I'm tripping over myself. I would say that if uh, I would extend it further, that if if you're leading this list, it's probably not sustainable that you're going to be a good team or that your running back is going to give you good production. Like, right. because you're just going to get hit a lot. You're just going to get hit so fucking much. And that's just going to be wear and tear over over the course of a season. I so, mean, look at all these guys at the top. They're all injury-prone running backs. Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, uh, on Johnson we could throw in there, all of the Seattle running backs. Yeah, literally every single one of them. Todd Gurley's up there with the Rams. Joe Mixon's up there. Like, it's just a lot of guys that just happen to get injured pretty Malcolm much every Gordon year. Gordon gets hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. The Chargers. Yeah. It's, yeah. So I would say that if you are having... Sorry, so let's go. I'm going to hop back to total offense. I'm going to look at rushing touchdown percent. I'm going to read out the top five from here again. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Packers, Bills, Browns, and Panthers. That's our top five. So none of those teams appear in our top five for yards up to contact percent, which I'd say actually probably bodes well for those teams. Yeah. I mean, if you watch Vikings games or Packers games, Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook are running through some just absolute oceans of space in front of them. So they're not getting any contact, essentially. Um, yeah, honestly, it's probably a good bet that these teams at the top of the list are going to stay at the top of the list. So the the highest team that appears in our top five for yards after contact percent um, in terms of rushing touchdown percent is the Rams. The Rams are seventh in terms of their rushing touchdowns. They, uh, as a percent of their total points, 33% of their points come from rushing touchdowns. And for yards after contact, the Rams are eighth or seventh, also seventh. So they're seventh, or even keel. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been I, I think using they, a lot of committee. Well, I think they kind of have to, what with uh, Gurley's arthritis or tendon. No. I, yeah. I think it is arthritis, arthritis something yeah. like that. So what makes this interesting to me is. Would you say that they're due for a regression? Because if they are, with their passing game being as weak as it has been since Goff has not improved, and he is probably regressing. He's regressed a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to be gentle, but I, I, I you can't. He's <laughs> nah, regressed. Fuck him. Do you think that that this could be something that's going to end up like? Could could you see a second half slump for the Rams based on the fact that their run game has been kind of mauled by defense um honestly i would argue that they're in for some positive regression uh with the passing game more than negative regression with the running game oh well, that's true i didn't think about it from that end um i mean they've kind of had to rely on the running game just because golf has been so bad and mcveigh hasn't really been able to open up the offense in front of them um i think the percentages will even out a little bit um i think we'll see a small dip of 
just a, a small dip in actual rushing touchdowns as uh, it kind of balances out. But I still think the running backs are going to be effective. I just, with how good Sean McVay has been so far in this his career, and with how bad it's looked so far, there has to be positive regression there. All right, I'm with it. Uh, real quick with the bottom of this list, and then we can we can move right on. Um, the Bears, Patriots, Niners, Browns, and Giants. Um, what what are you making of these guys down here at the bottom of this list? For rushing touchdown percentage? Uh, for yards after contact percentage. Oh, uh, okay. We're back In over terms there. of their rushing production. Um, I mean, the 49ers, I don't know. I feel like I haven't watched enough of these teams to really give a fair assessment. Um, I mean, the Bears, I know Montgomery's looked really good there. I'm expecting him to perform better. I don't know what's going to go down with the Patriots, uh, with Sonny Michelle, how he's going to hold up. I think the 49ers, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to say. I think it is too. And I think that what I'm about to say is going to make it more complicated. Oh, perfect. So the San Francisco 49ers are currently uh, tied for the second lowest yards after contact percent. Mm-hmm. They also have the third most rushing yards. Sure. So they're getting so much of their yards before contact. Just like, huge gaping holes. Yeah, they out of their 800 even rushing yards, they have 558 of them before contact. So I would I, mean, I would they, venture to say that they're probably due for a regression yeah. because that's probably not going to be the case. You're not going to get 70% of your yards before contact yeah. for a whole season. I mean, their backs are small, Brita, Mossert, um, Tevin Coleman's really the only guy with size, and they have such issues with uh, injuries, and they have been for such a while. Um, they're going to have to get beat up, and things are probably going to get worse before they get better. But then again, it's Kyle Shanahan. All the faith in the world in him. Yeah, plus, you know, like they are, as of right now, undefeated, which needs to come with a level of luck. So a lot of it could just be, you know, they always say about teams that win championships are uh, very talented, but also lucky at the right time. You have to have luck to win. So it could just be some of that, too. But then again, that's the whole thing that we're trying to talk about is some of this stuff is is luck and luck can't last forever, as Andrew showed us earlier this year. Yay. Andrew Luck. Anyway. Uh, so next is team advanced receiving, but I wasn't really sure what to look at here since I feel like most of this we kind of covered with passing. I think of it as being like a battery. So I'm not sure what there really is to say about the receiving end of it battery? that wasn't, you know, like pitcher catcher battery. Um, I wasn't sure what there was, what there is to say about this, that it separate from what we talked about with passing. Um, is there anything that you want to look at this page uh, at this sheet in particular that you think can be put back into what we've talked about previously? Uh, I mean, we covered broken tackles to a degree. We've covered drop percentages uh, pretty well. So I think we're pretty good here. I, I would say so everything. as well. Yeah. All right. So then what I want to conclude oh, with wow. Corwin is I would like to make mini predictions that we can follow up with around week like eight or nine or so 
Okay. Me, All right. Right off the cuff, no preparation. That's coming right. at me. I, for full disclosure, have not come up with fucking anything either. We're gonna do this on the fly. I want you to give me, um, I don't know. Let's say two teams you think. No, just let's go with one. One team that you think is going to regress in terms of their production. And one team that is going to, um, what's the opposite of regress? Progress. It's just positive and negative regression. All right, yeah, that's that's a lot easier. Give me <laughs> one positive, one negative regression team. One one for each. All right, let me go back to total offense. Let's go to let's go to yards. I feel like that's a little bit more fair than points. Um, I think the Ravens are going to finish outside of the top seven in total offense. They're number three right now. Um, and I think Pittsburgh will positively regress outside of the, let's say, bottom seven. All right, two AFC North teams. Uh, Are you writing these down? I am. Perfect, because I am not. Yeah, I got you. I I've learned over the over the uh, the months that uh, (laughs) if if I don't if one of us doesn't write these down, we don't. It's gone forever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's gone forever. Yep. (laughs) What are you gonna do? Listen back to our podcast and figure it out. What's funny is I do listen back and then I think, oh, I should write that down. And then I don't because I'm like working and then I forget. And then it's like, ah, oh, well. All right. I will also go just sort by yards real quick since that is the more fair way of doing it. I'm going to be a, a, a total cheapie. And for positive regression, I'm going to pick the Jets because it's there. <laughs> it there's so it, this is the same conversation we had when we talked about Chris Davis possibly winning comeback player of the year. They're yeah. so bad. <laughs> They're so bad that Literally, a moderate oh. increase in raw yardage would be such a massive increase in percentages that like they'd have to have a big improvement. I'm going to make you give me a number because if the only team they literally have to beat out is the Dolphins by the end of the year, then I'm just going to say that's a sham pick and shouldn't be counted. So you have to tell me where they're like how far back they're going to regress. Or how far up they're going to regress. Well, so let's do it like this. So they played four games and they have mm-hmm. so the 718 yards in four games. It's 179.5 yards per game. Holy so, shit, that's really bad. Yeah, yeah that's fucking <laughs> awful. So let's say they increase it by um, 25%, which if, if you gave a team 25% better offense per game, they'd be... Oh, they take that in a goddamn heartbeat. That's still only 224.38 yards per game. So I think a 25% increase is pretty fucking fair. I would honestly say if I could add on to this, I think they'll finish out the season averaging um, from like here on out. I think they're going to finish with like over 250 yards a game. Man, that was a sentence that I struggled to put together in my head. I thought you did a good job. Thank you. That would be a 40% increase. Um, you know what? Putting the chips chips where my mouth is. No, put the chips where your mouth is. I want you to put the chips where your mouth is. Put the chips in your mouth. <laughs> I was picturing in my head me sitting at like a poker table at a casino, like putting all my chips in. And I the saying is put the money where your mouth is for those but of you now, that now I'm picturing don't you know. at a zoo putting all the chimps in your mouth. <laughs> uh, 
Honestly, it sounds so crazy, but a 40% increase in the Jets' production is possible, again, only because their production is so fucking bad. So it's a cheapy pick. It doesn't even feel like a homer pick, but it is definitely a cheapy pick. I swear Um, to God, I've seen Le'Veon Bell run the Wildcat, or at least run the triple option. Please, if Darnold is not ready to come back this week, make him your quarterback, and you will succeed far better than you will with Luke Falk. Just go full Georgia Tech. Honestly, I I, I wouldn't even West be Virginia. at that point. We should sign ODB as our uh, our OBJ. Old dirty bastard is dead. RIP. OBJ bastard. As a, the ghost. Shimmy, shimmy, ah, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Pass me the mic so I can t- toss it away. Hey, daddy. Baby, I got your money. All right. Uh, I'm going to pick the Dallas Cowboys as my regression, my negative regression pick. Uh, Smart man. You've seen it in the tea leaves the past two weeks. uh, Actually, I might change my pick here. I just kind of picked them. I I said that because I just don't like the Cowboys. Oh, but that was a good pick. It is a good pick, but I am (laughs) actually going to pick the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. You don't think uh, Minshew Mania is uh, for real? I think he could be, but I think that they're overall two. One. How many rushing touchdowns do you think they have this season? Five. One. Four. Ooh, wow. One. So 54% of their points have come from passing touchdowns, which is seemingly really good. 5% from rushing touchdowns. Yeah, that's not great. So that's a pretty one-dimensional looking team. So I'm going to say that they've probably been overperforming a bit. That's weird because Leonard Fournette has been playing well. It's just, I guess he just has been getting in the end zone yeah and i just have to think that that's going to come in some way to bite them in the butt plus rookie quarterback their teams don't have film on him at the beginning so now they're going to, going to be more film um so right now they're in the top five i'll pick them to just drop out of the top five i don't have a number in mind for that but i will pick the jaguars for my negative progression team well as a proud owner of a garner Minshew fan account I say, fuck you, sir. And uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome, pal. Yeah, yeah I love that. Oh, of course. Um, shout out all my Jews. It is uh, it is era of no. It's not even era of Yom Kippur anymore. It's now Yom Kippur, the day of repentance. Uh, I have nothing to apologize to any of you, sons of bitches. But uh, shout out to the most important day on the Jewish calendar and the eventual conclusion of the High Holy Days. Uh, do you want to talk baseball what for a second? Like, what would be like a super racist, <laughs> a super anti-Semitic other like most important day of the year for like the Jewish community? So like if you were like shout out this day that would be offensive. Black Friday. Yeah. Uh, like shout out the day the Jews killed Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk baseball (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah 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 you made a recovery (laughs) oh god (laughs) um so so as we're recording this um only one of the lsd l oh jesus lsd yes only one of the lds has been concluded it's it's a yankee swept the twins as we all saw coming which was a weird sentence huh who hit the most home runs 
Actually, the Yankees, they hit one more home run. Get fucked, Minnesota. Yep, the entire state of Minnesota was once an ancient Indian burial ground, <laughs> and uh, they are cursed. Um, I mean, it's it's Minnesota with all those lakes. I wouldn't be surprised. So, the uh, Yankees in the championship series, as of right now, of course, this game will be concluded by the time this happens, as will all of the divisional series will be concluded by the time this gets recorded. The Rays are beating the Astros 3-0. Really? Really. Granted, it's the top of the second, but still. Drinky's pitching today, right? Verlander. Verlander. Ooh, that's not good. So we have uh, two Game 5s in the National League, and we'll um, potentially have a Game 5 in, in uh, the American League. We'll see. But tell me about the National League. What do you think about what's happened with them so far this, this postseason? I haven't watched any yet, so I don't know. I've only watched the Astros. <laughs> oh, well... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Cardinals and Brewers are tied to t- the Dodgers and Nationals are going to Game Five. Can you fucking believe that? Uh, I mean, I'm shocked. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I don't think I don't think I would have expected that. I mean, granted, no, I think I I don't think that is that crazy because the Nationals pitchers are so good and so well crazy that um, they got to get two wins in there somehow. The Nationals starting pitchers are. Oh, that's very true. They're relievers, you know. Suck donkey dick. Where do you think the Nationals bullpen ranked in the American League last season? Uh, or sorry, 20th, in, the, in, in all of baseball last season. 27th. Close, 24th. Wow. Like, they're really, really yeah. fucking bad. So, I'm surprised only because of that. That's true. Uh, what they've been doing is interesting. They've been doing the thing that the Red Sox did last year. Where your starters come in to in relief, relief on what yeah. would have been their throw days. Mm-hmm. So I did. I did see uh, the headlines for that with Scherzer and Strasburg coming in like that. Yeah, Corbin came in like that too, but he let up six runs, so they didn't oh, okay. like to talk about that. <laughs> There's a reason I didn't see that part. Yeah. Um. If the Nationals don't beat the Dodgers and like just exit in the first round, do you think that that's a good season for them since a lot of people pick them to like not even fucking make the playoffs? Um, well, as someone who did pick them to make the playoffs, uh, yeah, I'll say it's a good season. First season without Bryce and you still make it to the playoffs. Yeah, decent win. I'm sure inside the organization it's a loss, but realistically looking at that team, that's that's a good spot. Yeah, I, I have to agree. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm looking. For, so, I'm, I just want to say, like, they're so young; they have to realize they're going to be back. You know, they have to be looking forward in this. Oh, I think they certainly are. Plus, their owners are very willing to spend money, and Actually, if that's the case, I'm very willing to bet that they'll be spending money in the off season on relief pitchers since their starting yeah. pitching is just a okay. But, I mean, they do have they have a lot of young players, but like at the same time, some of their stars are just so damn old. Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call him a star anymore, but like Scherzer's up there. Strasburg's getting older. Rendon's getting older. Oh, I yeah, wouldn't whatever. call Rendon getting older. I guess everyone's getting older, but I mean, I feel like he's still in his twenties, but he looks thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't look I don't great. Know how old he is. I'm going to say he's 29, maybe 30. I don't think uh, he's Can you tell me what month he was born? Why the fuck would I know that? Well, because you hit the age spot on. He's 29. 
Oh, okay. Good for me. <laughs> He's um, born on June 6th, by the way. Happy birthday, Anthony Rendon. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, this uh this shit's been wild. I I'm excited to see what the uh what the next few days oh. holds for us. Actually, you know what? If the twins end up or the twins, if the uh um ask Rays, fuck. There's only so many teams in the American League. If the Rays end up winning today, then this actually come out on the day that game five will be happening, which would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really hoping that happens. That'd be so much fun. Who would you have in game five? I'd still pick the Astros. I mean, you'd be foolish to bet yeah, against the Astros. But as a Yankees fan, I'd prefer the Rays. Naturally. Yeah. So we shall see, my friend. But I am certainly interested. And um, I'm excited. There was one other thing I was going to ask you about. And I'm annoyed because I can't remember what the fuck it was. Josh, we just talked about this. You got to write shit down, my man. I know. I'm so mad. It was a, it was a notification I got. And I was like, oh, I should save this notification so I can ask Corwin about it. And then I fucking didn't. Mm, I do you know what sport it is? No, that's the worst fucking part. Uh. Yeah, it's really tearing me up inside. I'm a, I'm a shell of a man. That was funny. Well, if you can't think about it, why don't we save it for next uh, next week? Next two days? I don't fucking know. Yeah, uh, whenever. All right. Any final thoughts or should we wrap this bitch up? Wrap this bitch up. All right. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via Gmail, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And if you want to find the show notes for this episode and previous episodes, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers.Wixsite.com slash website or just the numbers.com and until thursday nope until monday y'all have a good one bye